0: What is up, Chicago Bears fans? This is T formation conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wiltfong. Just like I was last week, I'm joined by my guy, Mason West, Dr. Mason West, to kind of give us the inside skinny on the Bears and the Packers injury report here this week. Mason, how are you doing today?
1: Doing pretty good. Actually, uh really excited for this upcoming weekend. I get to sit back, veg, and enjoy my Sunday afternoon without worrying about the Bears. And then I get to dwell and, you know, pull my hair out, you know, Sunday night. So, it's all, it's all good.
0: Do you like the Bears on primetime? Or are you one of these guys that you always want them at noon? Man, that's that's such a good question.
1: I I do like – there's something special, right? It's different. Like, the camera quality is better when you're watching on TV. To have some of the national, you know, guys talking and commenting, it just hits a little different. So I I do really like it. And plus then for my fantasy purposes, I can watch a lot more games in the afternoon.
0: Are you a red zone guy?
1: Oh yeah. I usually will have uh, the red zone on one screen. I got three others on like in that same one. And then I got my side one for the local cable going on. So I usually have like five channels going.
0: I'm embarrassed to say this. I literally just discovered red zone last year. For some reason, for some reason I thought it was a, it was part of the Sunday ticket. All all these years I thought it's a ticket thing. So I don't have it. And then my buddy's like, it's on NFL Network. It's one of, I'm like, what? And then I look and I'm like, oh my God, this is such a cool way to watch, you know, when I'm not watching the Bears, of course, just to watch all the other stuff that's going on. So it was kind of crazy to see those. So, so, so Bears, Packers, Sunday night football, you know, and here on, on two for Man's conversation, I, I've turned into the in-season injury show, kind of get you guys, you know, up to speed, what's going on there with everything. And It's kind of a small report. It's early in the year, so it's to be expected. But before we get into the actual injured guys, I want to talk a little bit about what happened earlier this week. Um, Offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood went on the NFI NFI list. And since he went on that list, he has to miss a minimum of four weeks, four games, I should say. And the report came out that he had mono. Of course, social media starts talking, what's mono, what's the big deal? Get out there, you know, rub some dirt on it, whatever it is. But, from your perspective, this could be a pretty severe thing where you know you got to make sure he's right before he comes back, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, there's all across the spectrum in terms of what you can get. The the always pretty much you get your fatigue, your sore throat, fever, headache, things like that. That's you don't worry as much about that. That's the throw some dirt on it part of it. The thing that's a little more concerning is there's an incubation period four to six weeks. Uh, so you could infect other people, and you actually you don't even know necessarily that you have it you know, before those symptoms kick on. But the thing that you're really concerned with is that you actually get an enlargement of your spleen and where that spleen sits right just below the rib cage on the side, you know, in those extreme cases, if you get hit, it can rupture, you get sharp, sudden pain in that left side of your upper abdomen. Uh, And you're going to need surgery if that happens, because you can get sepsis and internal bleeding and you can die. (laughs) So considering the position he's playing, you know, that's kind of the big deal where it's pretty easy to to get that rupture. You know, you can get other things like some liver issues, like, you know, just inflammation of the liver, you get some jaundice going on and really you need to avoid physical activity. So even just something like lifting, but definitely contact sports, things of that nature for four weeks, a month before you're allowed to go back before that spleen actually shrinks down a bit and you're safe from having that rupture happen.
0: So the NFI list is a little different than injury reserve. Uh, this year, the injury reserve list, you can't come off after four games. Uh, I think it's up to eight players you come off. Uh, the NFI list is the, is the non-football injury list, which is, of course, with the illness here. So so it's a minimum four games. You're thinking definitely going to be missing them for four weeks, at least minimum, you're thinking.
1: At a minimum. I mean, that's just the go-to that any doc's going to tell anyone that that's got mononucleosis.
0: It's 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 rough for Leatherwood. I mean, obviously the Bears signed him real late in the process. You know, he, he was inactive last week. You know, so I mean, we weren't expecting a lot out of him early on with the Bears. He has to get up to speed with the playbook. He has to understand what's going on. They got to get his position figured out still. So, but still, the fact that they're missing a guy that's a former first round draft pick, you know that that hurts the long term development. But but like a little behind the scenes, we're actually in, in, in a Bears chat together. And when you mentioned the whole thing with the spleen about you know. Like you, know, he could die. I'm like, well, we have to talk about this on the show because that's something people that you know, no one re- probably you know really don't don't know that part of it, but th- that's that's a big deal.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I love football. I really do. You know, played it in high school. Like, wish I did it in college. I, I only got to do wrestling and lacrosse. That so they would let me do the third sport. But like, at the end of the day, it's not worth your life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's four weeks. Four weeks in the spectrum of. In theory, what Leatherwood's supposed to be, because he's supposed to be a project this entire time. Anyway, yeah. like you're hoping he doesn't have to play this year. You want him in practices. You want him as your hopefully maybe even seventh lineman in in terms of potentially that rotation. So yes, it delays that. You don't have the practice reps. You know, you're not around the team. All those things, but
0: you're you're better safe than sorry. It's fine. So he'll 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 be away from the team. Obviously, is it contagious? I'm assuming.
1: Yes, it is. And then eventually after that four week period, you can come back because you're no longer contagious.
0: So so the four weeks he's gone, uh, limited physical activity. Is there any danger here and like it's sapping some of his strength and some of his energy and stuff? Is that gonna be like a lingering effect? Or or pretty much once the symptoms are gone, will he be able to get back and you know, really start, you know, start training again like he like he wants to?
1: So uh, similar to what we said at the beginning, a little bit of a spectrum. Some people it's a couple weeks, but some people it's two to three months before you feel completely normal. Okay. If you're a more trained individual, usually you can get that back a little quicker. Uh, if he's not the couch potato eating, you know, potato chips and all that stuff, it might take you a little longer. But the because he is an athlete, because he's a trained individual, the you, it should be closer to a couple weeks versus that one to
0: two. I months. got you. I got you. Interesting stuff. So, so one more offensive line for the Bears before we move on to the actual injury report, and that's Lucas Patrick, right guard rotational right guard last week. And we talked about last week a little bit about that cast. You know, we were both pretty adamant that that's a bad idea. let Tevin Jenkins play. Once Patrick's ready to snap, he can snap. But I got to tell you, man, watching that game, seeing the rotation, that would help Jenkins played well. Patrick also played well. That helped it. But I kind of understand the whole point of it. You know, wanting to get his conditioning in there because playing in a game is different than practice, obviously getting the conditioning in there. Um, so were you okay as the game went on that they're making that switch back and forth, or were you still like, nah, man, let's just play the one guy? Which way which, were you kind of going as the game went on?
1: I understand the why. And I know, first of all, that's a sentence that a lot of Bears fans don't like hearing. <laughs> what is the why? Um, no. But I understand it because, like you just said, you know, he didn't play like any football this summer. And as soon as that cast comes off, as soon as he can get back to his snapping, you want to slide him right back into that center and you don't want him to be behind the eight ball at all. So like you're talking the conditioning, the muscle memory and right guard is not the same muscle memory as center, but it's better than sideline (laughs) in terms of, in terms of muscle memory. So I understand that point. My hope is that there was really good communication between the coaches and between Patrick and, and Jenkins, right? And that, that was something we talked about a little bit was Jenkins and the mentality and the confidence If it's more like, hey, this is nothing against you, Tevin, you know, we're doing this because like it makes all the reasons we just said here, I think it would go pretty well as long as you're communicating well and it's understood versus it being a, hey, Tevin, if you mess up, you're out of here kind of a thing. So it does, it does make sense. You know, every once in a while you hear that phrase, if you have two quarterbacks, you actually have none. And that (laughs) does apply to a lot of positions. But this seems like it could be one of the few times that, you know what, this is fine.
0: So last weekend in the show we talked a little bit about, about why he couldn't snap. I know like we talked about like uh, before week one the way I the way I thought was hey if you're okay to play guard you know you're going to be up there with some grip stuff and we did see he had a full cast so he had no grip strength but but I, I know for the guys that didn't have a chance to 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 to, to hear you get into what the actual the, the ligament damage the thumb damage the broken area on the thumb here like talk a little bit why. The snapping is different than doing other part of, of his job there on new line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you have the surgery like he had, uh, if, if, if it was just a traditional break, you probably would just have casted it up and been fine. You usually do the surgery if there's going to be some type of ligament damage or tendon damage, you know, and that's going to affect the muscular strength in that respect. Now, when you cast like you do, you really have to make it so it's immobile. And if it's immobile, you cannot do opposition with your thumb, which is that movement of right thumb to pinky, if you can do that. If you can't do that, you cannot snap a ball. Like if try to throw a ball without actually pulling your thumb in, try to have any control, any you can't. It's ridiculously hard to do. Um, that and that relates to the whole Dak Prescott conversation. That's someone for uh, maybe a Cowboys podcast. That's insane that they're talking about four weeks for him. By the way, oh that's terrible. But, <laughs> but I, back to the action, it's you just don't have the strength or control to be able to do that. And as we saw, I mean, he was in a club. It wasn't even just the thumb taped up. I mean, they gave him like the battering ram club to have complete safety control there um it was actually pretty impressive that he was able to block as well as he did without being able to wrap up at all
0: yeah i was impressed I, like i said i was totally against it um but then as the game going on you kind of see how he's able to get out there and you know i, I guess coming from green bay they they used to that hug technique from, from the old line so <laughs> it's not as quite as much grabbing that you that you that you that you normally see so he had that going on a little bit but you know he's just he's a vet you know and uh, i thought it was good to get him out there and I'm guessing it's going to be the same thing this week. Him and Jenkins will rotate a little bit. And then, you know, once the, the, the once the cast comes off, okay, do you think it's one of those things where he's going to be immediately able to go back to snapping? Or will there be like an, another transition period before you can actually, maybe a week or two before you can actually, you know, grip that ball?
1: Every training room is going to be a little different. But if they're doing their jobs correctly in the interim, they are doing their hand, the hand strengthening. They are doing things to work on that. He is – in that time period where you're safe to do those things. I mean, six to eight weeks is really where that bone itself is healed, uh, where most, if there was a tendon repair, that's also going to be more or less preset. So you should be doing some pretty aggressive strengthening of that hand. And so when they've decided, okay, we, that's, we're good to go. You're going to be playing without that cast on. He should slide right back into center. I would be thinking like your window starts next week. And the longest part of that window being two weeks later.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned strengthening the grip. You're talking like just some some strengthening muscle stuff with the, the thumb, the hand, you know, stuff like that, you know, the, the flexing of the muscle that, that we're kind of talking about.
1: There's things like that. You know, there, there's a couple of different ways you do it. You do like the obvious ones with rubber bands and balls and that. Uh, but you're also going to get into some grip strength, like farmer's carries, right? Can you take that kettlebell? Can you be carrying it around? Uh, you could want to be doing some crushed plate stuff, Put you know, two plates together, two twenty fives, two forty fives. Can you hold it in what's uh, considered this kind of grip uh, like so, Um, If you can do that and walk around, that's going to be huge. And also what a lot of the teams are using right now is something called blood flow restriction training. Uh, The simple way to put it is restrict the blood flow down into the the appendage. And what you actually can do is you can work at 30% of your one rep max but get results like you're working at your one rep max. And what that ends up doing is you get a flood of these metabolites. Your human growth hormone goes up. Your uh, myostatin goes down when myostatin inhibits muscle growth. So depressing that as much as you can is important. And you you take stress off of the bone, the ligament, the tendon, and the muscles just get blasted with all these good metabolites. And all of a sudden, a four-week, six-week strength program can get cut in almost half.
0: It's just I'm, I'm if you're watching the video, I'm sitting here smiling because it's just it's awesome hearing you talk. just you're so knowledgeable and it's just such a it's just such a different perspective hearing someone who actually knows what they're talking about with these injuries as, as opposed to the you know the you know, put some tusset on it guy on, on Twitter that's talking. So it's it's basically I, I appreciate I, I know I told you before, but I really appreciate you jumping on the show kind of giving us the perspective of the injury report. Uh, so, so let's get into that report. I mean we're talking about Bears packers Sunday Night Football, Boom! I got a little graphic here if you guys are watching us on the show. Um, the Bears only have one guy really. That's Bayless Jones Jr. Uh, hamstring. Again, he's doubtful. He did not practice. We talked about him last week a little bit. You're thinking you're you're pretty pretty sure he wouldn't play last week. You're pretty sure he's not going to play again this week.
1: Oh, he's out. Out hundred percent out. Yeah uh, he he would need God himself to come down and slap a new hamstring in there. And it's not to say because the hamstring's in a terrible spot. It's just. Everyone's body is a little different. Everyone reacts a little differently. It's only a grade one hamstring, by my understanding. But he keeps reaggravating it. And when you, you just keep little re-aggravating in that way, it's just never going to get back to what it needs to be. And when you look at the kind of player he is, he is a long strider. He's all about speed. You need that hamstring to have all phases, right? We talked about that a little bit last week, the concentric, the eccentric, and the isometric. And you need to be able to run pain-free. And if you've been high... If you've been hampered and you've been sidelined, there's no way your conditioning is where it needs to be, no matter what you're doing in your off time. And there's no way that you're going to be able to confidently be able to plant to make your blocks that you need to do and things like that. So, no, there's no way that he's going to be playing this week. There's a I would still think he's not in next week, to be completely honest, but it's more it's more likely that he's back next week. But I would still think he's going to be out.
0: So, of course, you know, the way social media is, you know, people are Kevin White 2.0. You know, you hear these, these, you know, the, the Bears have had a tradition of having some injured guys they've drafted. And so, of course, I understand the fans having their guard up, but we're, we're not talking about a tear. We're not talking about a, a a something broken. We're talking about a a strain. What you said a, a grade one, mm-hmm. you know, right now it's just a matter of resting it. And then at some point he'll be back 100% good to go.
1: Oh, yeah, Absolutely and the thing that long you have to think about long term with these things right again he's a rookie and he's got a decent career ahead of him if he can maintain his health it's just a matter of can he load it appropriately is he getting the right looks you know a lot of rookie and here's a little looking behind the 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 curtain a little bit when it comes to NFL the young guys come in and thinking they're invincible you see it all the time they skip training room sessions they don't get help outside they don't seek out physical therapists and athletic trainer uh, and and chiropractors outside. And they try to take care of a lot of these injuries themselves because they were able to do that even in college. Now the veterans, they're the ones that realize you need to invest in your body. And so he's probably a rookie making rookie mistakes thinking, Hey, I just got to i I'll be fine. You know, like you're saying, like throw some icy hot on it, put some ice on it. I'll I'll bounce right back. No, this is different. This is the NFL. The, the OTAs were different, right? The training camp was different. It's put a different kind of strain on you. And so it just, there's a little bit of a learning curve to it.
0: So is this an injury where it's going to hamper him or do you think like once he's healed, he's healed, he's good to go, but it's just a matter of getting to that point.
1: If he keeps up with the things he needs to do, he will be fine. Okay. The problem is, and this is something that you see even like in your physical therapy patients every day, you know, they start feeling better and they stop doing your exercises. You stop, you know, working on that part. And then all of a sudden you come in a week later and it's like, this is really bugging me again. It's like, so have you been doing your exercises? And the answer is normally no. It's like, okay, well, do your do your stuff. And especially because his body is his tool, it should be something that is going to happen. But you know, I've heard some pretty rough stories. I've talked to some of the physical therapists and trainers in the NFL, where it's like, dude, blah blah blah. You know, this all pro wide receiver, he doesn't care. He just doesn't take care of his body because he just he just thinks it should happen naturally, and it doesn't. And then all of a sudden, you have someone whose career gets cut short. So if, if to answer to long story short. It can be fine if he continues to put the work in, in the right places.
0: Well, they get that invincible mentality. They've always been the alpha. They've always been the stud. They, you know, they step on the field and they're the best guy out there. So it's, it's a learning curve. And you mentioned a lot of times with the, with the rookies, that's how they come in with the veterans, man. They know, you know, take care of your body, uh, nutrition, health, stretching, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you hear that all the time with with the vets, so it's it's good. Hopefully, one of the vets are going to take him under his wing. I know a lot of Bears fans think, oh, he's twenty five, he's already like a vet, but it's still it's it's a different mentality when it when they get to the pros there. So, oh but no, let's,
1: absolutely.
0: Let's jump over to the Packers because the Packers they got some 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 serious injuries here, and uh, we're going to talk about the offensive line because they got three guys that are all questionable. They have four total questionable, but three were on the offensive line. Two of them are starters, and and, and right tackle. He can kind of play anywhere, but Elton Jenkins—he uh, has a knee injury. Uh, he's questionable. He is started as the slated as the Packers starting right tackle, but like I said, he's played all over the line. He's a very talented lineman. If he can't play, that's a big deal. So, so what do you know about his knee injury?
1: So about he was he had an ACL tear and he's about ten months out. Now you have the Adrian Petersons of the world and some of these crazy stories of Freaks. individuals who are coming back in like seven months, things like that you're at about 75, 80% at one year in terms of being back to who you were. And that's if you're doing everything correctly. You don't get to 100% until two years. There's study upon study upon study that show this. He just started doing team drills last week. Like that's the first time he's done team drills. Now I've had two ACL tears myself and I know the feeling. I remember being six, seven months out and feeling like I could could play a basketball game right now. I'm good. And I'm looking at my PT at the time. Like "Why, why can't I go do this? it's not necessarily the issue of how you feel in that moment. It's about, can that ligament actually hold? And you don't really have a feeling of what that's actually going to be like. You also don't have a feeling of what it's going to be like in the fourth quarter, right? You've been playing for an hour and a half, two hours. And there's also a bit of a connectivity issue. So like, are you connected to your knee? That's a whole thing. The neuromuscular control, they actually see that that's one of the things that lacks the most is you don't really know where your leg is in space. So actually when they've done studies and looked at that, that they've looked at people cannot say like, Hey, my leg is five degrees. It's actually at 25 degrees. And so now imagine you're a right tackle and you think that that leg is solidly put knees in the right place. And it's not. And all of a sudden you've got another lineman that's crashing down on it. That's as it's a recipe for disaster. Now he was a full participant and we talked about this a little bit behind the scenes. It's think it's more of a desperation thing. (laughs) I think he probably feels fine. The Packers think he feels fine. And it's like, you know what? We, we need you in there. And a good example is Odell Beckham. We talked about that too. He retore same ACL because he came back too soon. He felt great. The team he thought he felt great. But, you know, a couple months later, second tear. So is he necessarily going to be 100% in this game? I think he's playing. I think Elton Jenkins is going to be playing in there because they need him to play in there. Yeah. And But it's not, he's not going to be full Elton Jenkins. The question is, is him at 75% better than... Who they, whoever else they have to play that position, right, at
0: 100%. Yeah, I mean, with Jenkins, I mean, it sounds like it'd be the best thing for the player uh, that's kind of wait. But so there's no – is there in, uh, a chance here he could re-injure himself? I mean, that's that's part of it here where if he, if he decides to sit out, I mean, it's – you know, they have to look at the year. I mean, r- the Packers assume they're going to be, you know, one of the, the top teams in, in, in the conference. Jenkins, one of their top offensive linemen, you know, is there a chance he can kind of play and it's, he's not the he's not the same guy he was and he could do more damage to that knee?
1: There is always a chance of that. I mean, I think he's going to come into this game and you'll see shades of what he was. You know, be like, okay, you know what? He's on his way back. He's a little rusty, but he's on his way back. Um, the question for him is more the long term, right? Yeah. What's what's it going to look like in December? What's it going to look like in January? Are we all of a sudden going to be watching, you know, week 18 game with the Packers and being like, oh, man, there it goes. You know, that, 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 that tour again. That's that'd be as a physical therapist. That'd be my biggest concern.
0: The other side, left tackle, David Bakhtiari, another knee injury. This guy has been, you know, been on the sidelines quite a bit the last couple of years. You know, so what's the latest you got on, on on this guy's injury?
1: This is a whole other story. Yeah, I mean, like, oh man, like, there's just a point too where you've had so many knee injuries and so much trauma to a certain area that the tissue just is. Is highly reactive. He's had three knee surgeries uh, this and this off season. Regular, right before OTAs was his last one. But if you go back, December 31st, he tore his ACL in practice and then was ruled out for the remainder of the season. And they actually had to cut out 10 to 15 percent of his meniscus. Now the meniscus is really important because it actually sits in the knee at an angle and allows that femur to be able to roll very easily. Without it, that knee catches. It just doesn't roll the right and you you actually can push the cartilage a little more, and that's where you can get a lot of inflammation. And actually, he talked about how he was dealing with a bunch of buildup in the knee that required drainage over and over and over again. And doctors actually found additional cartilage damage that required a November operation, and that delayed that return that he was supposed to be in. He played 27 snaps in 2021 in that meaningless Week 18 game against the Lions, but that re-aggravated it. And he actually went on to say, four or five days after the Detroit game, we end up pulling 88 cc's of fluid out I'm like, this is blank nightmare. Like this thing won't end. The problem with that is if you have anywhere between five to 10 cc's of fluid in your knee, that can reduce the output of your quadricep by up to 50%. And he had 88. It just kept going and going. Like he had two surgeries in a calendar year and it would get inflamed and angry and he felt structurally good, but he just couldn't get the leg to operate with him. I mean, that was January 26, 2022. That was recently that he was saying that how frustrated he was with this knee. And so it's like, You hear all these things about how he's taking some 11 on 11 reps. Oh, we planned for him to have this veteran day. It's, man, I do not think he's playing. Uh, And if he is playing, it is going to be at a very low efficiency unless he is just, you know, slamming stuff you shouldn't slam into that knee to make it feel good.
0: Well, they showed us a clip on Twitter from him from Wednesday's practice, and you could see a visible limp. And then they talked about how Thursday was, like you said, it was a scheduled off day for him. He he's back practice again on Friday, again in a limited capacity. You know, so two limiteds, one day off, and and like I said, that that film they did show, man, he did he did not look right, and it's just like he's 30 years old. He's a he's an all pro. Um, you know, I'm sure he wants to get out there as much as possible. But again, like Jenkins, you know, this is a little more uh, uh, from the uh, severe case with the knee injury, but it, it seems like he's probably not play.
1: I would be very surprised if he played. Uh, and it, even if he does, it's going to be not the Bakhtiari that you, that you want out there. You know, I, I would expect it to be a situation where if he lined up and you have a Dominique Robinson, this young gun, fresh spry, going at him, he's going he's gonna to be able to beat him around the edge. Uh, but, again, I just wouldn't – I don't think he's blind.
0: So From a Bears fan standpoint, look, let's get them both out there, see what they got in the tank. But, I mean, just <laughs> does seem like, you know, best long-term to have them both sit. Then they got another guy that hurt, uh, John Runyon, is a concussion protocol. Um, we talked a little bit about this, you know, pre-show. You know, he missed his first two days of practice, and he was a limited participant today. But from what you were saying, you know, that's it's a different kind of a protocol – as far as just doing some little limited stuff in practice to being game ready, correct?
1: Yeah, so he was still technically in the concussion protocol and was taking steps in the process by doing some drills, right? Whenever you have a concussion, you have to go through certain steps. So you have to do everyday. Can you go through your everyday activities, activities of daily living, you know, washing your hair, driving your car, without symptoms? That's headaches, nausea, vomiting, light sensitivity, those concussion-y things. Uh, dizziness. Then you move on to light cardiovascular. Can you do five to 10 minutes of a bike or a run? No lifting. Again, if you can do it without symptoms, you move on. You move on to moderate activity. So you're trying to get your heart rate up to your that individual's heart rate max. If you're trying to do it the old school dumb way, it's 220 minus your age. Um, if you're doing it more scientifically, which the NFL does, it's a whole calculation that I'm not going to bore you with. Uh, but then once you can do that, heavy non-contact. So I think that's kind of where the stage he is now. So he's we're just running through some general drills, no contact or anything, sprinting, running, biking. And you can get into a weightlifting routine, moving through all those planes. The next one is practice full contact. So you have to clear that before you get to competition. Between now and then, I'm not really sure when or how he's going to do non, you know, full yeah. non-contact. So my thought would be, unless they're figuring out the way to kind of wiggle and maneuver through there, that he's also not going to play just because he hasn't been a full participant yet in that concussion protocol or, and he hasn't left it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they'll have their walkthrough tomorrow morning, probably, but uh, like you said, it's not going to be a full, full go. I mean, it's not going to be a lot of contact, you know, not going to do enough, enough running around and condition, to even show where he's at in the protocol. So uh, it's, it looks like, man, the Packers could be missing three linemen, you know, two guys that are, that are really key members of that, of that unit. So, that's rough for them and that's that bodes well for robert quinn dominic robinson you know travis gibson these guys you know it's coming off the edge it's going to be dangerous then of course the packers have one more injury that's alan lazari wide receiver ankle there was some clips of him on twitter as well and he looks a little better than these other guys you think he'll play in this game
1: yeah so the the thing that stinks with the nfl and how they control that the media that gets out there you don't really get to see too many 11 on 11s and things like that but From some of the clips we did see, uh, he was able to run his route efficiently. There wasn't a limp to it. Uh, He was able to translate his body weight laterally over the foot and actually able to pronate or actually get that big toe down into the ground. Uh, When you're at that angle like that, I mean, that puts a lot of stress on the lateral uh, ligaments of the angle, ATFL, et cetera. And he was able to do that fine, you know, and come out of his cut. So it looked great. I mean, it wasn't a high ankle sprain. If it was, it would have been a much longer recovery. You, would, you wouldn't even be having this conversation. So uh, my assumption was that it was a lateral ankle sprain. And I mean, he's going to be back. I, there's again, it's similar to Alton Jenkins. They need him. <laughs> so like, if him, it, yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, you know what your, your, your foot's feeling even 80% you're out there. So uh, he's playing.
0: He, must face it. he he's a, he, he's probably their, best receiver i mean if you look at what they have on the roster right now and plus you know the last couple years in green bay he's more known for their blocker he's a physical presence you know he's not really a a quick twitchy guy that's you know doing all the the real sharp cuts so if you can get him out there maybe you know to do some uh uh, box out moves you know just some some nice you know spin and catch the ball you know if you can block in the run game i think that's why they want him out there because like you said they need him the rest of the receiving core is you know i know a lot of bears have been getting ripped in the media it's like have they forgotten what they have in Green Bay? Uh, you know, the the ghost of Sammy Watkins is is one of their guys, and 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 Watson and Dubs. I mean, rookies they're counting on to be you know big participants, and of course, of course, with Lazard, the ankle injury. So, you know, it's there's some issues here in, in the Packer offense, and of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers. You know, is, is he the same Aaron Rodgers that he has been? You know, at one point, does the does the decline come from him? I know as Bears fans, we want it to come right now, but. I think he'll probably be okay for another year, maybe.
1: Well, it's funny because you have a lot of you have a lot of Packers media as well as Packers fans talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers is twenty three and five straight up and twenty one and seven against the spread versus the Bears if if you include playoffs. You know, he's Rodgers has won and covered the last six meetings against Chicago. He is eight and one straight up and nine and zero against the spread versus the Bears after a straight up loss, and all of that is true. You know what's also true? He doesn't have Devontae Adams. Yeah. He doesn't have the offensive coordinator he used to have. Luke Getzey is now on the opposite sideline. And like you said, his main two receivers right now are Christian Watson, who drops that wide open pass and Rodgers basically ignored for like three quarters yeah. after that. And then you have Dobbs. You have the, again, ghost of Sammy Watkins, the corpse of Randall Cobb and Lazard, who's –
0: Oh, I forgot about Cobb. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: And then and then I don't think – and Antonian's not – Antonio's nah, He's,
0: he's bad he's, I mean, he's, he's coming he's off coming his own back. injury stuff. Yep.
1: I'm not. I'm not worried about him currently. I think he's got a, three weeks before he's like 100. 100. It's not the same. I mean, Rogers is still a bad man. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 cast around him is not the same.
0: It was fun watching him be so pissed off in the in the game. You know, he on the sideline he was pissed. He was a, he was he was a real bad real on the field when when stuff was going on. It's like Fox found him. On those moments where you just can feel his frustration, and then you know it's let's keep it going one more week. Let's zero 2 it'll be awesome. The injury list obviously favors the Bears this week, but the talent disparity is still uh, you know Packers are a ten point favorite. So let me ask you real quick, who are you who are you picking in the game? Straight up, who are you picking with the spread?
1: Spread, I'm absolutely taking the Bears. Ten nice. points is a lot. It's that's too many points, especially with everything we just talked about um and like if you made me put like a money on it on the money line like a lot of money that would hurt me i'd probably say packers exactly. but I, I do think that there's an upset chance here i there's really do yeah. like just there was something off just about that game last week and i get it justin jefferson is also a bad man and he was just making them look silly i don't know why they didn't have jair shadow him. that's a whole other conversation mooney's not jair there's all these things going on there but when you're riding off of what the Bears did last week, even with all the things going on, and when you have as much question marks and you don't have your safety bl- blanket of Devontae Adams, like go back and look at the like advanced stats and where the Devonte's catches came and how important he was. That was a huge difference of not having him there. Like just having your automatic third down. That's who I have. Oh, like th- literally Devonte is the difference between your drive continuing and punting. And I think that's going to be a reason why the Bears can actually win this, just straight up.
0: I was so glad when he left the Packers because I think a lot of Packers fans thought it's it's all Rodgers, it's a Rodgers show. But it's like that's a good ass receiver over there, you know. And then with the Raiders, man, I mean, he he had a hell of a game the the, the first week. So I'm good for. It. I mean, it's I'm with you. I think the Bears can cover. I think there's a chance the Bears win. But I'm not quite ready to step out there and, and, and make that bold prediction yet. But Mason, I want to thank you so much again, jumping on with us. Um, we got some cool stuff in the works for kind of, you know, we'll, we'll keep in, in, in the closet for now. But at some point, we are going to introduce something coming up really cool with Mason as well. So, but uh, um, that's it, guys. Make sure you guys are all following Mason at West Sports PT. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Wiltfong JR, uh, Second City Gridiron YouTube channel. Windy City Gridiron on the website, podcast channel as well. But uh, until next time, bear down, my friends.